Welcome to the 10-part series, Sis Start, created specifically for entrepreneurs looking for motivation and that push to move forward in their dreams. Also, make sure that you follow April World Speaking on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. Are you ready to catch these gems? And always remember, Sis Start! Hey, welcome to the first episode of the 10-part series, Sis Start. And with today, my, 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 we are going to start with a bang, bang, bang. Today, I have for you a super producer who is well-known in the music industry, and he's worked with the likes of Kanye West, Common, The Game, the list goes on and on. Today, I am presenting you with a two-part interview, one today and then one next week where you will be introduced to Mr. Malik Yusuf. As a super producer um, on this podcast, what Malik actually does is go in deep, deep detail about the music industry um, and just the inner workings of things that we as consumers may not have a privy eye to. And if you are thinking about getting in the music industry, this is definitely an interview you want to stay tuned into. So enjoy this first part of the interview and... uh, I'll see you next week. Hello, and thank you for listening to this podcast, Sis Start. If you have been following me the last year, you know that I've been through a rebranding process and my previous podcast was April Rose Speaking Podcast. However, that is a complete entity out on iTunes right now. And now... I have a brand new podcast. I want to thank you for listening. And the title is Sis Start. This podcast is specifically for women who are on the verge of entrepreneurship. And if that's you, if you're working a nine to five or you started your business and you're ready to build out, this is the podcast for you. Now I'm going to jump right in. I have a very amazing guest to introduce to you. If you are a person who um, is an entrepreneur or you have thought about working in the music industry, um, I think I have the person for you. My next guest is Malik Youssef and he's a serial entrepreneur He's also a Grammy Award winning producer who has worked with plenty of artists in the past, most notable Kanye West. Um, I want to introduce you. I can't wait. I want to introduce you to Malik Youssef. Welcome, Malik. How are you doing today? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Cue the sound effects, right? Yeah, you already know this. What's up, mommy? Hey, I am so happy, and I have to say it again, I am so happy that you took the time today to spend with me on this brand new podcast, Sistar. It means the world to me. I know that time is the most valuable thing on earth. Some people would argue money is, or gold. (laughs) However, time is the most valuable thing, and you chose to use this hour in your day to spend with me. So I want to start off thanking you for that. And I want to uh, say you're welcome. And I want to extend my thanks to you for um, considering me and considering what I've done to be valuable enough to be able to help a few folk. I'm very grateful to be able to be of assistance, especially to the sisters. You are are very valuable. Now, I, I don't know if you remember that interaction we had 10 years ago. Do you remember that? Uh. If so, I think I do. I think I still need those socks. If I remember correctly, they were uh, Fendi, and they should be the closet to. The... What are we on air or? Hold on. You are so oh. silly. Uh oh. Are we edit this part out because people gonna know. We don't want nobody to know. You're so silly. No, we had a brief interaction in Chicago. Um, I went to the university. Actually, I was going to Roosevelt University, which is a private college, business Mm -hmm. college um, on Mm -hmm. Michigan Avenue. And I was actually walking down the street 
transferring to my next class. And I don't know if I had a project that day, but I was built, I was, I was actually wearing business attire and you Mm -hmm. approached me and Mm -hmm. you were introducing yourself and you were, um, you know, I was on the phone actually talking to my mom. You probably thought I was in some real business, but I was literally Mm -hmm. talking to my mother. Mm -hmm. And so I got off the phone and we ended up talking and, um, you were you were just introducing yourself and saying that you were into spoken word and you know you're from Chicago and you had all of these interactions and you dropped a couple names and me being from Fort Wayne Indiana and I think you're Mm -hmm. like the first person that came to me in that way you Mm -hmm. mentioned Common and that you interact with Kanye West and I was like okay yeah all right And we had some other interactions after that over the phone. And then I was going home for Thanksgiving to visit my mom. And lo and behold, on WGCI, they was like cracking on you. Like they was bringing your name up and all of this stuff about your mama food and cornbread. And I was like, he literally was not lying. He was literally (laughs) telling the truth. So that is a little funny backstory about me and Malik's interaction. And I have since then been following you on Instagram from afar and you have your own podcast, correct? Mm-hmm. What's the name of your podcast? The cool lunch table, the cool lunch table. I've been listening to that and it really is the cool lunch table because I think I was one of those kids. Sometimes I was at the cool lunch table, sometimes not. So I think it's a really, <laughs> a really cool concept to have that title. Also, Um, You would do lives. And there was this one time that you even spoke about the harsh background that you grew up in. So to get started, could you tell my listeners a little bit about where you're from, um, a little bit about your background, just so they can get to know you a little bit better and where you are today? Um, Yeah, I mean, I come from, you know, a lot of people in the world come from, you know, a place of hardship and it's it is not foreign to me and it's not lost on me that people uh, have to overcome things, um, some more than others. Some people are born sliding in the home home plate. Some are born, you know, in the, in the stands and have to work their way through. But I'm, I'm also knowing that there's nothing that can stop you except for you. You go as far as you desire to go, you know, and some, and I mean, and, that being said, sometimes you just don't want to go no further. Sometimes you just get tired. And that happens to a lot of people. They get this, you know, disenchanted, you know. The disenfranchisement leads to disenchantment, you know. And sometimes even disgruntled, you, you'll see, like, you'll see these folk, uh, you know, in uh, the, 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 the post office, and they'd be like, well, I'm getting fired, so life's not worth living. Because it it, it can be it can be that harsh for people. So what I say is that persevere, persevere regardless. You know, persevere in spite of you know the hardships. So when you get when you find yourself in a position to to surmount a challenge, then do so or die trying. You know, get out of it. Or die trying because it's it's worth it. It's worth every breath in your body. It's worth every drop of blood in your body. It's worth every tear. It's worth every drop of sweat. It's worth it because that is the essence of life. It's the meaning of life. Is to go in spite of, go in the face of. You know, um, me being a kid that was born. You know. Because people say, you know, deal, you play the hand that you was dealt. And I say, nah, you know, I say, if you keep getting dealt a bad hand, you know, go to another table. Because you got to change the circumstance. You got to change the dealer. Maybe the dealer is against you. Maybe the, maybe the, deck, the deck is stacked. So you, got, you can't, don't just keep sitting there getting dealt a bad hand. You got to get up and make those, make those changes. And that meteoric rise to the top of yourself is where your real where your real journey is. A lot of people say, well, I need this, I need that, I need that. But are you the best you yet? Well, you know, I got certain things that's holding me back. Cool. But are you the best you yet? Well, I got 
uh, these it's easy for those people over there. Are you the best you yet? Well, my cousin and they, but are you the best you yet? Have you maxed out that part? And I think when we start to to look at that as a viable means of combating our circumstances, a viable means of combating our our uh, our shortcomings, a viable means to empower ourselves. We start to change the way the brain works. And it's not overnight. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, you're going to be straight. I'm saying you're going to get to that. I'm saying you're going to be a person that becomes better by bettering yourself, if that makes sense. Correct. That totally makes sense. Do you want to expound any more? Because I have a couple of um, pieces of feedback or interaction. Go ahead. Yes, please. So, um... I don't know if you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Hierarchy of needs. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of hierarchy. Yes, no question. I think that's kind of like what you're stating right now. Like, you mm-hmm. have to self-actualize. There's like mm-hmm. five, six, seven different levels from being born, you know, to feeling safe, mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. learning in school, to mm-hmm. to understanding the beauty of the arts, mm-hmm. um, how to portray what you learned in the arts to other people. And then that last level to self-actualize. And I think mm-hmm. you've self-actualized over and over and over again, because I, I'm going to say this and you don't have to expound if you want or you can, but you put mm-hmm. it on live. I think you were on a live or no, I think I saw you like in front of an audience and you were talking about your background and where you came from. So I'm going to be really specific because sometimes people need specific examples concrete examples mm-hmm. to see where a person been through because yes. they can connect yes. right yes ma'am so you brought up that you are you were as a child a victim of child abuse like mm-hmm. severe child abuse like when mm-hmm. i heard your story like literally tears were in my eyes because i came from a loving home and i came mm-hmm. and was and groomed and raised in an environment of love of two parents so that's privilege yeah. You know, we, mm-hmm. that's a big conversation right now about privilege, but you know, yeah. sometimes people are afforded privilege, even in the black community by having just two parents that love them. Yeah. Right. So that's the hand mm-hmm. that you were talking about as far as um, some of the things, just one thing that you got through was that child abuse. So how do you motivate yourself when you was dealt a childhood that was very different from mine? How do you find that motivation? What motivates you? Um, I, w- I went to the army I, uh, I, and, and um, thank you for watching my stuff and paying attention to my little words. I appreciate I that. Always, I um, always do. Trust me. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you. So sweet. Um, I, at 18, I went to the army, right? And, you know, they were talking about motivation, talking about how to, you know, get motivated private. And I liken motivation to morale. I liken motivation to euphoria. I liken motivation to a feeling, not an action. Motivation itself will wane, just like euphoria will wane. But what won't wane is dedication. Dedication is different. When you dedicate to a change, motivation, because you could be like, okay, and I'm in LA right now, and it's obviously summertime in LA. It's June. You know, it's really good weather. You know, everybody outside doing their thing. You know, everybody's pretty healthy. Not everybody, people are pretty healthy here. They're working out. You know, there's a Whole Foods down the street. There's a Trader Joe's, which also has a lot of organic food. There's another grocery store which is a Ralph's is right down the street as well. And you, you know, you look at that like, man, this is, you know, pretty idyllic settings. So it's a little easier to be motivated here because other people around you, that's correct. Right. Now change those circumstances where you're in a food desert, you know, gas station, corner store, liquor store. That's where you get your food. Right. And it's not sunny. Let's say it's wintertime. 
and you still have to go out and perform the same tasks to help you self-actuate. You have to perform the same tasks. You have to stay healthy. You have to be encouraged. That motivation is not going to get you through that because motivation is akin to morale and you're going to have low morale on those days just by nature. You know, when it's gloomy outside, you don't feel the same when the sun is shining. That, that's a human thing. That's a, a, a physiological construct. So you have to tie, and I, I'm going to give props to my, my big homie Jay-Z. He say, it's the invisible things that make us who we are. Mm. The physical things, like, okay, yeah, Malik, yeah, Malik's tall and he's handsome and, you know, <laughs> he's strong. Mm-hmm. and Okay, that that's not what makes me Malik, mm-hmm. though. What makes me Malik is something that you can't even see. It's invisible. It's the dedication, the devotion. Those terminologies are essential to growth, essential to your security, essential to you being a good member of your group. And that group can extend from your family to your your religion, to your occupation, to your neighborhood, community, city, state, country, and then eventually to the planet. Are you a good citizen of the planet? And you see, those are things that only you can control. Nobody else has control over those. So though it is an arduous task, you still have to actualize in the face of the arduity. You have to actualize lacking the motivators, lacking the motivation, lacking the morale, because you know the outcome is going to be fruitful. Even if you only get a little bit, right. off, it's still going to be fruitful. Right. And you have to know that, and you have to want that more than you want the, uh, dare I say, the, the, the comfort, maybe not even comfort, but just maybe even the, the familiarity of the struggle. Every day is a struggle, but what are you going to struggle? Are you going to struggle to stay the same? Because it's hard to stay the same. The only thing that's easy is to go down. Only thing that's, the only thing that's easy is nothing, and that gets harder to do as you go. Right. Only thing to do is nothing. Only thing easy to do is nothing. Everything is hard, and it's harder for some people based on circumstance and based on desire of outcome. So... Uh, me, I just, you know, people say spiritual. Well, spirit is electricity. Let's call that because we have technology for that now. A long time ago, our ancestors didn't, they didn't know what electricity was. You know, mm. 10,000 years ago, maybe 20,000 years, they didn't know what electricity was. So they couldn't put a name to it. Say spirit. So he's a spirited young chap or she's a spirited young lass or, you know, but now we know that that's the spirit is the electricity that moves through us. Mm. You know, the dream, the body, electric. They like the sparks. We know what that is. And you have to activate it inside you. You gotta do it. You gotta. And I don't know the map of everyone's mind, but I do know that you have to do it wherever you are. Start now. Start where you are because you can't start from any other place. Right. You have to start where you are. No, nope, go ahead. ahead. I was just agreeing. Yeah, you have to start from where you are. And no matter what that point is, you know. And I, I also feel like we expect help. You need to accept help. I expect it. You expect people that you grew up with or people that you love. I mean, you might be in the bed with somebody and they not want to help you. That's how crucial this is. And you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared to under, understand and understand this person is not going to help me. I cannot expect, I'll accept help from people, but not this person that I'm sharing my time with that I've helped. It don't come that way, but it do come. It comes from somewhere because you put it into a universe that has, to, she already told you her law. I give you back what you put in. See, I gave you the information. She's like, yeah, whatever you put in here, it come back to you. Whatever it is. She told you already. Sometimes we lose sight of that. 
sometimes we lose sight that our karma is real, that what that that which you sow, that which you also reap. Mm-hmm. That's important to understand. That what you put, it's gonna grow. It might, it might, might not be tomorrow, because you know, a dandelion, you could put a, a dandelion um seed in the ground, and in a week you got a, a whole dandelion. You put a uh, a peach seed in the ground, you got a couple years before you even see anything moving. And don't don't even think about eating peaches yet. Don't even think about eating the peach of it. So I think that is a part, and that also to what we talk about with like entrepreneurship, people expect to put a page up and sell something that or put something up for sale, and everybody come running to it like, oh, well, I need it. This is just what I need. Some people, sometimes people are hesitant to come and join into your thing. It's always going to be way more people at the celebration than there are at the practice. They coming to, they coming to, man, they going to come to the, to the championship celebration. They coming. The more people going, more people going to congratulate right. you than encourage you. You understand? Oh man, you want a Grammy Malik. Congratulations. But in them times when I'm like, oh man, I don't know what to... anybody's saying, man, keep going, bro. So you need to find that kind of like that circle, that little gang. And that's not easy either to find the right people to be around you to tell you, hey, you know what? This part, I got this part. I'm gonna work this part out for you or with you. It's hard to find that, but but keep searching for them every day. Just like, you know, I get a lot of girls sliding in my DMs. That's cool. I'm not, I'm mad or nothing. I know what they're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Of course. I understand. And I'm not, I'm not mad at them. I, a lot of my friends be like, these girls, they, they thirsty. Well, nigga, we got money. We healthy. We beautiful. We in an industry that everybody right. wants to be in. What else they going to do? When they 18 years old from Duluth, Iowa, she don't know. She like, this could be my ticket out. This could be my ticket to not have honey buns for dinner. You know what I'm saying? So I don't fault them. I don't call no woman a gold digger. Unless it's just from an artistic standpoint when I'm using it for colloquialism. But I don't believe in the concept of gold digger. I believe in somebody say, hey, here's a cheat code. Here's a turbo button. Here's an easy button. If I can find favor with somebody with power. So... But it's still hard to get. So probably shooting that Malik Yusuf is probably not the wave. But there's also other dudes that have some kind of connection. Get to, to those guys, you know. I'm, t- I'm talking to women. And see who the business people are. And see if you can, you know, uh, have a, 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 some type of corollary with them. That is a very wise use of your time. And a very wise use of the resource that is you. People say, I don't have no resources. You're your resource. So you have limited resources because your resources aren't far reaching, but you are your resource and you can enhance that. You can enhance you so that more, so that you'll attract more resources or not even attract, that you'll be more attractive to other resource beds. A resource bed is like uh, you, you're a cook and you make a, a new resource bed, you, you grow onions. If you're a chef, you grow some onions. Now, obviously, it's not going to last very long, but it's still you have circumvented a little bit of the price of doing business, thereby circumventing some of the cost of doing business. If you eliminate a price on something, then the cost is nominal because there's four things in business, right? And there's life, period, right? There's four things. There's price of something, the cost of something, the value Mm -hmm. of the work, right? So is it worth it for you to love yourself? You have to make that, how valuable do you see yourself? So is it worth it? And then how, what's the price of that? Okay. The price of it might be going and investing in a class. What's that cost you? If that class is $200, but you only make $200 a, a, a month, then it costs you everything you have for that month. Now, if you make $200,000 a year a month and it costs you $200 for that month, 
then it costs you 1%. But the price is right. the same. You understand what I'm saying to you? The price doesn't change. So now, is it worth it? Is it? What's the value? If this class has so much value to you, it can change your life, then it's worth it. And are you worth it? So you have to do these equational aspects to it. It's math, it's science, you know, and it's, you know, and all the things I've been saying, I'm, I'm going to break it down and boil it down to how hard do you love you? And it's hard to get there when Ooh. nobody else around you loves you. But it's, again, the electricity, the electricity, you got to turn it on because you're born with a portion of God inside you. And if you have God inside you and you're inside God, then there's no separation. So do you want to disrespect your God self for, for sadness? You want to you lay there and be sad? Do you want to pretend that somebody's coming to rescue you? Nobody's <laughs> Nobody. coming to rescue you. Tarzan ain't coming to stop the lions from eating you. You don't get around the lions or you learn to fight the lions. Well, you know, some lions climb trees. Some lions climb trees. Santa Claus ain't bringing you no presents. Not happening. Superman ain't going to come and take the meteor well, away. Well, to the ladies out happen. there that's going to dip into Malik's use of DM after this podcast, I just want to let you know. So crazy. Good luck. Because... <laughs> I so slid crazy. into that DM on a professional so level crazy. and this guy, oh my god it's been no less than 10-15 tries of me trying to veer him in the direction of this podcast. I am a very persistent person. I am overly persistent I've tried emails, DMs I tried it all. So good luck ladies simply just sliding into his DM. So if I can move on to another question Malik He's so crazy <laughs> good luck so anyways um, so, so tell the audience this is this is something that people probably want to hear too how did you get in the music industry how did this happen what's the story I slipped into this shit I um, I started writing poetry um, various reasons and I wind up, I'll tell the short version of the story for sake of time. I wound up going to a poetry lounge. They had an open mic, they had a slam they were doing. I didn't know what slam was. Mark Smith, who is the creator, he's the godfather of slam poetry. And he, I did a pretty decent job it was my first time on stage ever. I was my leg was trembling. I was like, "Why am I acting like this?" And he said, "Hey, can you come back next week?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Same time." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Are you sure?" I said, "Yes, sir. I'm sure." And I came back the next. Then the next day, I went to. That well, was a Sunday. The next day, I went to Spices Jazz Bar, which was predominantly black jazz jazz bar, jazz club, uh, poetry venue. His was on the north side, predominantly white. And then Monday I went there, so I seen I immediately saw the diversity, and it re it, it reaffirmed for me that there are two Chicago's, mm -hmm. a black and a white one, which is fine, you know. And so that next Sunday, which was my third time on stage, I went back there, and ABC Worldwide News was there. So that was in February. That episode aired in April of that same year, and people were already. And yeah, so that, that started the onslaught of me doing performances and stuff. And then they, obviously they have bands and it was jazz clubs and stuff. So I kind of gravitated to that, but I was still, you know, a, a street entrepreneur at the time. So I had money, so I wasn't doing it for the money. And uh, what wound up happening, which is very ironic, is that, you know, some of my old relationships starts to come back to bear, you know, like common and people like that. Tupac and Biggie, people I met through my journeys. <clears throat> and so I uh, was around them and helping, in my mind, helping them with lyrics like, oh, say this or say that. And lo and behold, that's called songwriting. <laughs> so, right. You didn't know you had another business on the side. 
did not know. Did not know. So as the spoken word, you know, I was good at the spoken word. I would, so people would say, hey, get be on this album, do a do a spoken word piece of this album. And you know, or Nike having a, a project, hey, let's get Malik, he's spoken word. Hey, let's sprite, you know, different brands. And then eventually common, you know, being on a, a album with common. One day it all makes sense. Uh that was the album and then Carl Thomas from there, and then it just starts to explode. Well, how did you get introduced to Kanye? I mean, <sighs> it couldn't have been far removed because you guys are both from Chicago. Yeah. So it is. Well, Chicago's a big place. And I had my, my street legend had grown to a place where, you know, like street fame. So I was having these big birthday parties every year and being on the radio and stuff like you I said, and I'm, you know, so I I was asked to host a lot of different events because they knew I was going to bring out all the niggas with bread, you know, I was going to bring out, you know, all the quote unquote bad bitches, they going to slide because they want to be around the real niggas with the money and the cars. So it was like a, a strange little hodgepodge at the time in Chicago where nobody wanted to have engaged in violence there because they knew the opportunity was so big to be around people that were beautiful, you know, and that were, you know, upwardly mobile and so on and so forth. So people loved that I hosted parties because it was always a great time. And Don C approached me and asked me could his group called the Go-Getters open up for me. Um, you know, he had met them through John John. So I said, yeah, which didn't hurt me at all. So I let them open up, you know, for me. And I know people at the time was like, why did Malik get to do all this stuff, you know? And I still know people say that, like, why Malik? Why is he special? <laughs> because it's energy. It's electricity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spirit, you know? I activate that every day. So, you know, not, music is not something I grew up wanting to do or even knowing how to do, but I, or I didn't know I knew how to do. So it kind of like took me by surprise, like it took everybody else by surprise that Malik, you know, got into music, but I did. And it was my, it was like my saving grace. And, you know, being, being kind to a group of boys who I didn't know that was, you know, not the same gang as me and all, not the same mob as me. I should say the same nation as me, same street nation, you know, and I just was good to them. Like I know to be good to people, you know, and um, everything I've ever gotten, April, in my life that was incredible, not just good, not just great, incredible, has come from me being simply nice to somebody else, simply just being kind to somebody really. You know, and that's how me and Kanye met. And then I wound up purchasing a beat from him. And then he called and asked for money one time. He's working on his album. So I came out to LA with some money and, you know, indulged in that. I was cool with Nelly already. So I had connection with the homie Game. So I introduced Kanye to Game, introduced him to Nelly, uh, a couple of things like that, you know. Um, and, you know, just being, again, just giving what I have to give, you know. Uh, all the scriptures tell you the secret. They say, it is better to give than to receive. That is a statement. That is a cheat code. And church folks say, you can't beat God giving. You can't. So that's a race that you're going to get in, mm-hmm. but it's going to be fruitful, you know. Because the more you give, the more you receive so you can keep giving. You know, God bless the givers, you know. Charity starts at home, spreads abroad. All these sayings in the Bible and the colloquialisms, they mean so much. And when you're going into a business standpoint, think about your product as a service and understanding that your service has value. And you understand if you understand the value of it, you can put a price to it, you know. And I think that is one of the things that 
that's a natural and that's a kind way to approach business is who can I help with this business? Who can I make their life easier? That's a great business to have because that business becomes an necessity. Essential. essential. You you said the right word. Essential because in a business and in entrepreneurship, what you eventually realize, and you stated it so well, so poetically, so Malik, in a Malik way, you said, I didn't know I knew how to do music. That that's entrepreneurship in itself. You you learn yourself. You learn these different parts of yourself that was never self-actualized. But mm-hmm. to move forward in the interview, yeah. um, so Kanye has been a mm-hmm. very controversial celebrity and he's had his ups and downs in the music industry, just in Hollywood in general. How and he's having actually with everybody else having a really bad 2020, he's actually doing really well this year. I mean, obviously, he's doing really well with the whole billionaire thing, um, you know, let alone everything else that he's doing in this whole movement with the lights and the music and the, you know, the Sunday service that he's doing. Absolutely wonderful. Um, when you think about all of that and the controversy that has happened with him and people connecting you with him. Do you feel working with Kanye um, have helped you in the music industry or hurt you at all being connected to him? Um, Working with Kanye has helped me tremendously because I learned how to be a producer through Kanye West. Um, I don't think that, I think that we have a misunderstanding about celebrityism. I, I think Kanye constantly tells people, hey, I'm not a good person. Don't expect good people shit from me. I'm not going to be a good person. I'm going to act like I feel like acting. And whatever that is inside him that makes him act a certain way, you know, it could be, and we all have certain traumas and what have you. So I'm not here in any way to judge Kanye's actions as a human. You know, most people don't agree with him, you know, and that's fine. I don't think he cares I don't, do you think, I mean, I don't think anybody thinks Kanye cares what people think about him. So that's first off. He doesn't care. Now, it is satirical in a way sometimes. And I think that he's, he's not, but he's not striving to be liked. He's striving to be listened to. He gets off on people listening to him. So he'll say whatever he can to bring the attention to himself. And that, you know, could be an idiosyncrasy. It could be a psychosis, you know. And for people like you, you are obviously a person who likes to help people, you know? And when the fam- a little bit of fame comes up for you, that's fine, but you, your life purpose is to help mm-hmm. other people. That's how you feel good. I don't think that's his life purpose. And I don't think that it, it has to be. I think we keep misconstruing people's purpose. He might be a happier person, but if he help people, but do you think he, wants to be happy i don't know if be a happy kanye right makes him happy you know what i'm saying you know and fighting with magazines to be called a billionaire when most billionaires is trying to hide that's that says something that says that that says something about who he is he's not trying to be called a good person he's not trying to be called a good philanthropist he wants to be called a billionaire and that's fine you know i don't think that that's a bad thing you know if he's a billionaire or not but that you know it's like Donald Trump. Donald Trump wants to be called a billionaire. Is he a billionaire or not? You know, no, maybe not. Forbes, if Forbes, <laughs> who's been around for a lot of time, a long time, talking about billionaires, if they missed it, they missed it. If they, you know, whatever. So I think that we, because Kanye has blessed my life. Me blessing him has blessed me a hundredfold. You know, is he somebody I want to invite over for Thanksgiving dinner? No, who does? Who wants to sit down with Kanye West? Raise your hand if you want to sit down and hang out with him. Not many people are going to say yes. You know, he's not known to share industry secrets or help people get to where he is. It's not who he is. And that should be fine. And I understand Black people being hurt because he came out under the platform of I'm Black, I'm proud, I'm for the ghetto, I'm for, you know, has any of his actions said that before? No. So it's kind of our fault for believing he was somebody that he didn't want to be. 
you know, and he's an entertainer, so he's going to entertain you until he can get to a point where he wears a MAGA hat. I don't, I don't have a problem with him wearing a MAGA hat. He can't wear it around me, and I'll be in space with him, but he can do what he wants to in his real life, in his regular life. So I want to kind of get people to understand, like, yo, yes, it's difficult to work with Kanye West. What do you think it would be? <laughs> do you think it would be easy? <laughs> you know? I mean, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's hard to be around him. Yes. And he tells you all these things. He is not hiding none of it. We keep acting surprised when Kanye do something crazy. We keep acting surprised. We got to stop that. We got to stop holding people to standards that we create for them. You know, me, I got to stop doing that. You know, now, if you saw somebody drowning, right, and you saw me and Kanye on the, on the shores of Lake Michigan, who would you expect to jump in and save that person? Of course, everybody's going to say Malik. Malik's going to jump in and save that person. Because Malik found Kanye and helped Kanye and found Carl Combs help in Common and Chance the Rapper and Victor. So I have a history of helping people. He doesn't. Now, if you say, who's going to go in the studio and make a hit first? People are going to say Kanye West. Because what he spent this, he told you in every song, I've been doing this since I was a little bitty kid. I dreamed of this. Mm. You've never heard me say that. You've never heard me say that. So nobody's got, so if you listen to our musics, now obviously I do a lot of music with him, you know, I don't want to say for him. He told me a long time ago, he said, you're doing music with Kanye, <laughs> with Kanye Malik, not for Kanye. That, so I was that like, was okay, nice. yeah, he's right. That I'm was doing nice. it with him, you know? You know? So I think that nobody's going to look at, at him as the protector or the champion of the cause. And you don't have to. The beauty is you don't have to. We have people that do that already. You know, that's not who he is. And I, I just wanted to say that I'm not protecting him. He don't even protect him. He got a security flanks. You know what I'm saying? I'm not taking up for him. He don't even take up for him. He he does what he he puts out who he is. You know, if he's at war with Drake, it's a personal issue with him. I'm not mad at him being. Just, I, only thing about the Drake situation, I'll be honest, I told him, I said, look, bro, do not let Pusha T put that diss song on his album about Drake. Because it's going to come back to you. Now, if you want to give Drake the summer and the crown as the most artistic guy and the kind of underground hippie movement that we kind of control, do that. Mm. And it happened. Now Drake's the number one artist when it used to be Kanye's space. But I mean, I, I, I've advised Kanye a million times and he's taken that advice, which is why we were able to become what we became. I said, don't say this, don't do that. No, bro, don't. But once that becomes, our friction is what right. made us great. Right. The friction between me and him. We are totally different people, you know? We're totally different people. And everyone can, everyone that knows us, even if you don't know it from afar, you can be like, they nothing alike. You know what I'm saying? But together, the combination well, of us makes great art you know it makes it makes great art so that and that's what the mission that's what his mission is his mission is to make great art my mission is to if i'm going to do art i want to make it great but i'm not going i'm not going above and beyond the call of duty to create art because i am much like you in this industry i'm a servant i like helping people i like serving folk you know what i'm saying you know which is why he was able to get so right. much from me because he knew Malik gonna help. Malik gonna help with money. Malik gonna help with information. Malik gonna help with his physical self. He gonna introduce me to people. He's gonna cheerlead for me, you know, and those things like that. Excuse me. So I just feel like, man, there's no, um, there's no, I, I don't like that people kind of put that on Kanye. I, I think that's unfair to ask him to be a functional member of our community or a good person or stand up for us. He went to the White House and sat down with Donald Trump. Man. That's what he wanted to do. It's not, why does he have to do what we want him to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a real question for anybody too. Like I tell my daughter this, she like, she tells my 11 year old, she's in May 11, last month, she tells my five year old, uh, Shira, could you stop doing that? I'm like, why does she have to stop doing what she wants to do to make you comfortable? Why? Does it make sense? That your wishes should be and your your desires should be more valid than hers. If it's disturbing you, you can leave the space where she's riding a scooter in the house or something, whatever she's doing, and zooming around the kitchen or something or whatever. You can 
disconnect from that, you know. And she she has to understand that. A prayer has to understand that Ashira has her own thing that she's doing. And I think we have to understand that about Kanye West too. He's not gonna be Jay-Z. He's not. He never said he was Jay-Z. He never said, I'm gonna make everybody around me a millionaire. I'm not, he's never, he's, have you ever seen him say that? Right. No. So why do we hold him to that standard? When he's never told you that. You know, he said, I'm gonna give you this album. And then the album he gave you, you didn't like, so what? He, he didn't give you the album you liked, so what? Jesus is King, people listen to it. You know, I mean, you know, maybe they didn't like it, but still, that's what he wanted to do. And I think we have to get to the space where we understand that. Now, I'm not saying like the police is different. They are, they are being deleterious to your existence. Kanye West is not hurting your existence by saying he loves Donald Trump. He hurt your feelings because you want him to be one of you. And he's not. And he doesn't proclaim to be again. Now, if Beyonce did it, We'd be like, but you told us you were somebody totally different, Beyonce. So we'd be upset. We've been tricked. Kanye never tricked us. He never tricked us. He always told you, this is where the direction I'm going is this. Now, yeah, he did songs. You just like the art. You come up, you comparing people, you holding people to the standard of their art. No, he's trying to sell you something. You know, he's trying to sell you something. And that's what he's going to do for his adversary. He's going to say, you know, new slaves, you know, um, you know, all those things, black skinhead. But in his real life, he's never exemplified that. So I'm not trying to, def again, I'm not trying to defend Kanye West, you know? I'm not, I'm not his friend, I'm his brother and companion in, in, in the field of what we do. Right. I don't go hang out with him because we two different type, type of people. I don't like how he talks. I don't like how he talks to people. I don't like how he treats people. I don't. So I do like that we can make meaningful art that can transcend and last last time and time again. You know, we have a contract together right. to do music, not to be friends. You know, that's our contract is we do music when it's convenient for both of us. That's what our contract literally says. So, you know, I don't want people to, I don't, I don't, I don't, let me say this. I don't think it's fair to attack him. Right for being the person he told you he was, right? You know, you got, uh, if, if you got uh, Auntie Jim, right? This is Auntie Jim with beard and mustache. You say, okay, I have a trans, my uncle, my auntie used to be my uncle at some point. And then you get mad when you see <laughs> uncle, Auntie Jim come mm -hmm. in with a beard and a mustache, how? How are you mad? You know that this should just be your uncle and says, I'm now called Auntie Jim. I'm called right. Auntie Jim. And you get mad. You knew what to expect. You can't be mad at that. So that's that's my spiel. And, and again, not I don't have he grown. I have to take up for him. I have to protect him. But I just think he gets a bad rep. A bad a bad rap because he told you what he owned. He went to the White House with a mega hat on, G. Come on. So, come on. Anything else? Well, what, what, what do you expect? And you kind of so, answered the next yeah, question because there's been plenty of times that, you know, the Saturday Night Live or, um, you know, just times. And I'm like, yo, I need to, uh, I, like, inbox DM Malik. Be like, get your boy. Like, so I know other people, I, I know I didn't need to do that because I know other people was reaching out and said, like, what the, what's going on? So you kind of answered that in, the, in that answer. You answered yeah. it. Like, what 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 do you expect? This yeah. is how he portrayed yeah. himself. So there you go. However, does that affect me from you know working with him or loving him, the person? No, but he didn't trick anyone. So I think that makes total sense no. now. It kind of like, yeah, it clears things up for me. So what is the most um the most acclaimed, the most uh I'm trying to think of the right word. The most celebrated piece of work that you had with Kanye, like to date. Hmm. I would say, so it's like, I got like a hundred songs that I did for Kanye or with Kanye that I haven't been credited for. So 
I try to think what's the biggest one that I know I wrote on that I don't have credit for. It might be music in Paris. Niggas in Paris. Oh, niggas in Paris. Niggas in Paris. It might be niggas in Paris. Niggas in Paris, or it might be. I don't know how big. Heartless is pretty big too. So I don't know. I have to look at the numbers on it. But I know people. Yeah, that got a lot like of people of all over I, the world love Heartless because like, it got a lot of radio play. People, I feel. Know. So I know that went in and out, and I really like that. Yeah, song, got a lot but, of radio play. Yeah, I mean, you're basically a, a creative genius, and um, you're you're blessed in a lot of ways. You're blessed. So. And that is the end of the first part of this interview with Mr. Malik Youssef. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Sis Start. Um, I hope that this is very encouraging. Um, if you're interested in the music industry, he is a wealth of information uh, just with what he does day in and day out. Make sure you're checking him out at MalikYusuf.com. Now, this isn't the end of Mr. Malik and his support of Sis Start. We have a whole nother episode next week, part two of this interview, um, which will be the second episode of Sis Start. And in the meantime, make sure you go out to iTunes uh, before you listen to the second interview and uh, subscribe to April Rose Speaking Podcast. And also make sure you leave a review a five-star review because what happens with the five-star review it makes my ratings go up um, and more people are able to find out about April Rose speaking so if you enjoyed this um, I thank you I thank you for listening and your time make sure you share it with other people and make sure you subscribe to iTunes today so uh, also you can follow me on Instagram Facebook at April Rose speaking uh, make sure you visit my website, aprilroseconsulting.com to see the services that I offer specifically for you as a business person and entrepreneur. And I will talk to you guys next week. I love you, Roses, and have a good day. Bye.